The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of its hosts, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of WTBR-FM, its management, other producers, or sponsors. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch-Dews off the mayor's office in the city of Pittsville. Thanks for tuning in. So today we have with us Mary McGinnis, founder of First Friday's Art Walk, owner of Mary's Carrot Cake, longtime LPN, and a tried and true aficionado for home restoration. <laughs> Welcome, Mary. Let's get started. How are you? Hi, Roberta. Wonderful. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So I always like to set the stage with some background information. So you were raised in Pittsfield. Yes. All right. So do you know how many generations your family dates back to? So Pittsfield, dad came here in the early 60s for GE. He was an engineer in uh, naval ordnance. Okay. So I was born in Baltimore. Oh. And uh, eight of us came up here slowly. (laughs) And um, yeah, since I was a baby, I've been here. Wow. So which neighborhood did you grow up in? Bartlett Avenue. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. What were some of the fun things you used to do as a kid? The girls club was a stone's throw away Mm -hmm. because we were at 31 Bartlett. So. Uh, Mom and Dad were smart. They had all these kids, and they just had us walking everywhere. Um, Uh, Boys Club 2, CYC, Mm -hmm. Catholic Youth Center. Uh, The Common for skating. Skating? Yeah, we were able to skate back then, and it was always cold. How How did it look? Where did you skate? Right, the whole common they flooded, and oh. it stayed cold the whole year. There was oh. a warming house, oh, okay. and we had a ball. We would bring our skates, and then we'd go over to the Friendlies on North Street mm-hmm. and have an ice cream afterwards, and dead of winter, too, now that yeah. I think about it. But um, Boys Club had the skating yeah. rink there. Um, there was a lot of things going on. How did it feel to grow up in a large family? Because I only have um, a brother, and so it's just the two of us. But what's the feeling like to be a part of this unit? Well, I mean, you're watered down because you got so many kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you get in trouble, it doesn't last long. Um, <laughs> we have uh, one that broke the ice, the oldest one, Sarah. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody wore out because mm-hmm. of Sarah. I think she was just uh, so smart and so so busy. Uh-huh. And, um, by the time the little kids finished growing up, you know, yeah, it was like, do whatever you want, just don't get in trouble too right, much, you know. Right. But it was great. It was great. We we're all like within a year, you know. It was eight kids in ten years. My mom had yes. so. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You mentioned that your mom um, would take you guys to Pontusic, and that's where you learn how to swim. I'm curious. Did she have a certain technique? Because it's a large group of you, mm-hmm. and um, learning how to swim is intense. So right. how did she do it? Just so we always had one of those big old station wagons, and the window in the back would mm-hmm. come down, so we could all fit in there with the dog. <laughs> and yeah, she would drop us off at Pontusic Lake. Mm-hmm. She'd set herself up at the picnic table up top, yeah, and uh, she'd read all day. And we would be down at the docks with Peg Downing or somebody giving us instruction. Mm-hmm. And I was always the last one to jump in over my head. And she said, "We're all waiting for Mary Caprio to jump in." It's uh. 12 noon now and finally 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 i jumped in over my head and i I learned to swim wait so you jumped in and it what instinct kicked in or she said you'll come up (laughs) and i did 
because I didn't believe her for a long time. But um, So you just floated up. You float up, and there's no raft or anything. You just float up. I was terrified. And um, if I didn't have that back then, yeah. and a bunch of other kids, I'm sure, I'm not sure I would have learned how to swim. Really? So that was huge for us kids to all go down there. Yeah. And, I mean, there was concessions. There was wow. um bathing room there mm-hmm. with a changing room. Um there was um, lifeguards. It yeah. was great. So you know with the the work that's happening right, right now. So it must be like a full circle moment, right? Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited. We just moved over to Pontusic Lake, and I love seeing that used. Um, it's mm-hmm. such a beautiful scenery out there, and so much nostalgia for our family. All, mm. all the kids from everywhere in the country now are writing back to me and saying, you know, I remember taking swimming lessons and. You know, I'm so glad mm. you're over there. Fourth yeah. of July was very busy at our house. I was going to say, so <laughs> is your house sort of like, you know, the central meeting ground for everyone? Do they all come to you? We just got there about a month ago. Yeah. But yeah, the Fourth of July, nieces, nephews, sisters, mother-in-law, you know, everybody's hanging out on the porch. I love it. I, I feel fun. like it's such a great thing to have such a big family. Um, I mean, I think if you're in a big family, then you probably have a different perspective sometimes, but they always say the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. Um, all right, so you graduated from St. Joe's High School, and then you went on to Pittsfield Public Vocational School of Practical Nursing. Did you always know that you wanted to be a nurse? No, I wanted to be a hairdresser. Oh, yeah, that's a switch. But Mom said we got to have a nurse in the family. So, And it was you. And I guess so. Oh, you know, um, I was one of those cheerleaders in high school uh-huh. that really had trouble sitting down and studying. Mm-hmm. So um, I could give you any cheer, any stat on any kind of game yeah. going on with yeah. the sports. But um, when it came time to figure out what you were going to do you're in your future, mm-hmm. um, hairdressing versus nursing, it, it was a toss-up. And I got into the nursing program over yeah. at Pittsville Vocational School of Nursing, which mm-hmm. was still at Link, St. Luke's um, Hospital. We okay. still had St. Luke's back in 1976 and 77. Okay. So we trained right there at Madonna Hall, went over to the new wing over at Berkshire Medical Center that mm-hmm. had just been built. And, um, you know, it was a great year. I focused, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. Mm. And I've been at Berkshire Medical Center for 44 years. I want to go back to that point about the focus. I think that's that's good for people who, you know, they may have kids who the kids don't know what they want to do. Mm. They'll yeah. come around. They sure will. Yeah. Um, you have to want it and like it. Yeah. Or you're not going to study, you know. And, and I really latched on to it for some reason. I really... I like the humanitarian part of nursing, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you've been in the profession for just over 40 decades, and you have seen um, individuals at their most vulnerable. How, if any, has that impacted your perspective on life? Well, I appreciate being able to walk simple things, mm-hmm. being able to think clearly. Um, people that are incapacitated, or basically, when I say walk, if you can't walk, mm-hmm. Your life changes overnight. Mm. Um, you're looking at possibly um, nursing home mm. or long-term care and depending on people. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if you have your arms out, but your legs are so mm. important. So if you fall, you break a hip, your life is changing overnight. Right. So I really appreciate the simple things in life. Um, and then when people are healthy mm-hmm. and take care of themselves, mm-hmm. you know, that's huge. Right. That's worth money. Right. <laughs> no, I... I totally get that my dad um 
he was an x-ray tech when we were growing up and so he worked in multiple hospitals and one of the things he used to say to my brother and I was that you know you know don't take life for granted mm-hmm. um and just being you know grateful like you said for like the little things because he saw sick children you see yeah. you see sickness on so many levels and it just provides you with that level of gratefulness and that perspective to not you know take for granted each day or your health right Right. You know. I mean, you know, sugar, for instance. <laughs> for the Fourth of July, we all indulged. Yeah. In, yeah. Had all kinds of sugar. Yeah. And sugar is some kind of inflammatory thing, I think, because um, yeah, it's it's like you don't feel good the next day if you really go crazy with sugar and candy tr- and sweets. But and- sugar is in things that we wouldn't even think it's in. Sugar is in bread. Yep. Sugar is in ketchup. Sugar mm-hmm. is in the most mundane, you know, item you think. And you're like, why does this need sugar? Um, and it, yeah, I definitely it, it has an impact on our diets. It has an impact on what we crave. And yes. you don't even know you're craving it. Right. right? It's it's mm-hmm. this subtle addiction. Mm-hmm. Right. That you don't even yeah. realize is creeping up on you. It's got a heroin type thing to mm-hmm. it with your brain. It really is. It, in that yeah. same receptor. Yeah, well, um, you know, I think having that perspective, you obviously took all of that, Mary, and said, I'm going to live my life to the fullest. And that's exactly what you did, because in addition to your profession as a nurse, you still found time to open up a space, Gallery 25, uh, 25 Union Street. (laughs) So tell me, you have this thriving career as a nurse. What prompted you to open up this space? Well, I'm like my dad. He did five or ten different things. He got bored easy and... You know, I had that creative right brain type thing anyway, and mm-hmm. I appreciate art, and I appreciate baking and things like that with your hands. So the combination was a really good thing for me, and my landlord, Irving Cohen at the time on Union Street, he was awesome. He said, sure, take that other space for a minimal amount and put some more art in there, because yeah. we had no room in the cake shop. So, um, oh, We'll talk about the cake shop in a minute. <laughs> so for 10 years, we showed art, and uh, there was, what, 20 artists upstairs above yeah. me. And um, every month, we'd show somebody else's work, and we had a ball. We had art openings, Sue wow. Geller. I mean, she had the best art opening. We wrote it in this little manual yeah. I wrote. She knew how to market her art and, yeah. and let people come to the party, and... We had people out on the street that night, and she just showed her fantastic photography. Wow. It was just one show after another. And then when the cancer center was being created over in Hillcrest Hospital, Mm -hmm. every single artist donated all kinds of work Mm -hmm. to decorate the cancer center after their show was done. It Mm -hmm. was great. What would you say that the, you know, this, this, this space, or how would you say that this space contributed to the arts movement? Because I feel like Pittsfield went through this sort of renaissance, and mm. it's continuing to go through its renaissance, um, just a new iteration of it. But there was a time when literally the the, the art scene was burgeoning, right? It was yeah. just blossoming. Yeah. Um, and you are a big, you are a major, major contributor to that. And I think it's important for people to be aware of history, right? Because sometimes yeah. we see things and we we just think that they just are, right? That they're yeah. just here, but there are people at, that work behind the scenes to get it to that place. And Mary is low key, you know. She doesn't, you know, wear all her, you know, accolades on her on her sleeve, but she is a major force um, 
And so how would you say that your your gallery contributed um, to the local arts movement in Pittsville? Well, um, let's see. I ran out of space quick. I mean, those shows lasted a month each time. Mm -hmm. So we got to the point where we had a waiting list of two years of people waiting to show their work. And so Christine Hurley over at um, Downtown Pittsfield, Inc. at the mm-hmm. time, and Megan Wilden, all these great arts people and, and creative people said, hey, let's go door to door and see if Downtown Pittsfield, who's been dealing with the rubble and right. the construction, let's see if they want to show some work. Nice. And everybody said yes. Everybody gave us $100, mm-hmm. and we got the thing rolling. Nice. Christine had seen this out in California. Okay. And so she says, um, she, I don't know what she called it. She didn't call it an arts walk. It was something else, a stroll or something. Was it crawl? That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. And yeah. so um, so um, Bagels 2, of course, mm-hmm. Susan was the first one uh, to say yes. And it just went from there. She had already been showing art anyway. Yeah. Um, and so we had, in the beginning, we had like 40 places wow. to keep track of. Wow. And um, that's when we wrote everything down in this manual. Yeah. And um, any proceeds from the manual went right back into uh, the Arts Walk program. So this, this, so we're going to, so, all right, so let's talk about First Friday's Art Walk. So again, going back to the things that we see, like today, when we hear First Friday's Art Walk, is pretty much like embedded into Pittsfield's mm-hmm. art and cultural scene. However, this came to be officially on May 4th. 2012. Um, but the genesis of Pittsfield's uh, First Friday's artwork actually happened a year before it was on a fall evening. And folks, believe me, this 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 lore is not just stuff that <laughs> is lurking in my head. There's actually a place where this history lies. But I want Mary to um, to talk a little bit about that evening in 2011 when um, this event was conceived. Well, I'll tell you, Joni had her show. Joni Chaffee had her show at the Gallery 25. And a few other people had one down at the barber shop, which was near uh, Mission. And, you know, we, we got to thinking, hey, let's go see some other art. And there yeah. was only three or four places to look. Yeah. And uh, that's when Christine Hurley was one. She said, you know, we can do this. Yeah. And um, so we just started pounding on the doors. We're tripping over all the construction and... <laughs> You know, um, the recession was hot and heavy mm-hmm. still, and we just, um, we needed people in the stores. Mm. We knew that, mm. you know, um, between the recession and the construction and everything, it was an all-time slow downtown for yeah. Pittsfield. And um, I remember the store for an artist project years before mm-hmm. where things were boarded up. Right. And we didn't want that to happen either, yeah. you know. Everybody had spent so much time and energy on North Street. So, like I said, everybody said yes. Anybody mm. we reached out to said yes. We had a ball that night, mm-hmm. and um, it just snowballed. And I happened to find a little cash in my checking account because I never balanced it properly. And I just <laughs> I found a little cash and started uh, making <laughs> banners. And, you know, Downtown Inc. wrote some wonderful grants, and um, we, we really did well. Wow. What a time. Yep. Wow. So you have this manual here. So you brought a manual with you. So this manual, is it something that people request? Like, how do you give it out? I mean, well, I don't think people know about it too much. But um, when I first wrote it back in 13, Mm -hmm. it was published in 13. um, We went to the city of Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and talked to all the boroughs, the people that were in the boroughs um, that wanted to increase their cultural arts venues. And we gave them one of these manuals. 
And it's just, it walks you through what we found were very valuable items to start your program. Oh, so it's a primer. Yeah, it's really just to teach places who want to start doing this how to kind of, what we found was very uh, useful, using your own logo, Mm -hmm. branding, everything, um, sponsors, and... um, you know um, wow. how to how to reach out to merchants. Yeah. You know because it's really a twofold thing. It's mm-hmm. to increase businesses. You know their their um, exposure and get people in the stores. Right. And then also to show some art. Right. Because like I said, we had no space to show art and to try to get into an art gallery. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you tried to do that recently, but you, you got to be somebody sometimes. You well, know? I, don't, I don't have the hand for that, Mary. I don't think anyone wants to see what I'm drawing. <laughs> Or photography, even. Yeah. You know, it's hard. And you can be an awesome artist. Right. Is it a very, like, selective, like, group? Or how does that Juried, work? Um, it's it's um It's beyond me. Mm. I'm more basic. Yeah. Can we put our art, and mm-hmm. some are abstract, some are photography, mm-hmm. some are just beautiful portraits. Mm-hmm. Can we put it in the store and yeah. show it? There's no grading on it because what okay. you like might not be anything right. like somebody else like. And isn't that the isn't that what art is all about? It's mm-hmm. in the eye of the beholder. Absolutely. I Absolutely. Mean, I mean, you know, someone might look at abstract art and say, "Ah, oh, I don't know what that's about. That's nothing." But to someone else, they're like, "Ah, oh, that's amazing." Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating how. You know, artists who produce certain works that we revere today in their time, people kind of look at it like, eh, like look at Van Gogh. Oh, I know. I know. Right? I mean, you know, today Van Gogh is like Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, I mean, he was tortured, you know, couldn't really fulfill his life as an artist Mm -hmm. and really, you know, just. So it's interesting how art appreciates. Absolutely. Um, This last Arts Walk last Mm -hmm. Friday I'm into cartoons and um, that kind of character. And I went into Methuselah. And Ed Pelkey's incredible cartoon art, I guess Mm -hmm. you would call it, Um, it was like Dick Tracy. I just stood there in awe. You've got to go see Mm. that show. Okay. It's in the back room past the um, dining area and the bar. Okay. And um, it's probably up the entire month like all of them are. Thank you for that plug because um, I love art. So I want to check it out. And you just walk in. You don't have. You just go right to yep. the back. Yeah, it's right past yeah. where the booths are on the left, and then um, you take a right. Yeah, and um, you can just walk in. It's a whole gallery set yeah. up. And I thanked uh, everybody for setting that up because okay. who's going to find that <laughs> in a restaurant? You know, in a bar. You don't expect to see it. No, and they could use that space for anything, but they've saved it for art. All right. You know, and I I'm think it's check awesome. It out. All right. All right. So uh, for those listeners just tuning in, my guest today is Mary McGinnis, founder of First Friday's Arts Walk, owner of Mary's Carrot Cake, a longtime LPN, and she is um, a lover of all things home restoration. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, you know, First Friday's Art Walk is pretty much, you know, it's embedded in in Pittsville's legacy. And um, we thank you for that. Um, And hopefully if people want want to access this manual, where can they go? They can actually call me, okay. and I'll give you a number, 413-464-2127, and I work with a printer who pops these out for me when I need them. 
Um, and like I said, it's a donation to Pittsfield Cultural, you know, mm-hmm. Downtown Pittsfield Cultural Association, okay. which is the um, nonprofit arm right. of DPI. All right. Well, thank you, Mary. All right. So we're going to switch gears a little bit to the home stuff because I'm really intrigued about that. <laughs> and um, you and your husband, Kevin, are currently working on your seventh home that you have restored. And you have said that you regard this work as sort of like a rescue, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and I know that you once owned a bed and breakfast in Lee. So do you think that this had any kind of bearing on your love for renovation projects? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Um, for some reason, and I couldn't tell you why, we want to save all these old houses. Okay. Maybe because I watch HGTV uh-huh. and see all the restorations. Uh-huh. And right now I'm into California bungalows, and there's a guy out there that's just restoring all these bungalows. <laughs> so do you watch these these programs and then get inspiration from it yep. and say, we're going to do that? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And um, years ago I started with just a little log cabin I bought for my dad mm-hmm. out in Richmond and um, basically preserved it from all the bees and, and animals that were trying to get in it. Uh, and save that until we could sell that and get the Victorian in Lee on High Street that we created into a small bed and breakfast. And that bed and breakfast for seven years was so much fun. Wow. Um, People would just come in from the city. They knew where their key was under the mat. Yeah. And they'd go to Main Street Lee and get their dinner and go to Tanglewood or Jacob's Pillow and chill. We couldn't even show them where the phone was. Everything was hidden. How are you doing all this and still working? Everybody was just glad to sit down and, and have a nice place to be okay. after driving. Mm-hmm. And um, there, w- there wasn't much for internet back then. It was yeah. in 95 that yeah. we started all that. Yeah. Yeah, the internet wasn't, mm-mm. we didn't really have internet then. No. Nope. Maybe AOL, was it AOL? Did we have AOL? Simple. Simple. Dial-up. Simple. Everybody called me. Yeah. <laughs> I knew where the key was. So, yeah, they'd come in, and um, it, nice. it was mostly summertime. Yeah. And you wished you had 50 rooms, you know, mm. back then. And um, we did that until we got a German Shepherd puppy, and she didn't want anybody in the house. Mm. So she jumped on a customer, and that was the end. We sold the house and moved up the street. <laughs> Wait, so that that was it. That's what broke the, the straw in the camel's back. Well, they say burnout is six years mm. or seven years, and we were right there anyway. Mm. Because, yeah. really, your summers are work. That's true. Yeah, it's, one, it's a lot of work. It is. I but, mean, having a house is a work. I mean, having a bed and breakfast. Like, and everything you make, you put back into the house. <laughs> Chimneys, roof, sewer line, anything. All right, so... I have to ask, there's so many, I have so many questions around this, but one, you know, what what draws you to these old houses? Like, when you see it, what is the it factor? When you see a house, I know that there has to be some kind of, like, connection. So what is mm. it for you? Their history. Mm. Yeah, we call Joe Derwin up mm-hmm. and ask him to do the study. Okay. He goes to the local library in Pittsville, and he does the study for us. Okay. He did the one on um, Pomeroy Avenue for us. Yeah. 17 owners over there. What was the history on that? Uh, 1847. Um, a blacksmith mm-hmm. was in there. And we're still finding metal, you know, old iron and stuff in the really? ground. Really? Yep. And um, lots and lots of different people in and out of there over the years. But that place, that has really good bones. Mm. It's an old nine-room house. Yeah. And um, it's right in downtown Pittsfield. Yeah. 
and um, you can walk. I think to I went to your house to pick up a cake. <laughs> you might have. I think of. Yeah. And, and did you have like a little um, white fence? Yep. Around. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. a cute little. It was a cute little white fence. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, I'm always looking in the ground to try to find marbles and different things from years ago. We're history lovers. I, no. So I'm a history lover too. I see. That's why I love this. Like mm-hmm. I love hearing about these old homes. Now my thing, Mary, is this: is that old home. Mm, they have a lot of stories and I'm wondering if they're if you've ever felt energy in some of these spaces like mm. has it felt like hmm that's interesting or do yeah. the, the floorboards do they creak the radiators uh, the radiators mm. in the old Victorian on high street mm-hmm. the Baron house bed and breakfast the radiators would talk to you mm. and there was an old school teacher mm-hmm. that everybody was terrified of back then mm-hmm. and um Years ago, she lived in there, and I swear she was talking to us half the time with those radiators. Mm. And um, if she didn't like something that was going on, the radiators would be clanking more. And <laughs> the Boston Globe featured that house on the cover of the real estate section. We were trying to sell it. And um, they said, bed and breakfast. Uh, and they asked if it was haunted or something. Yeah. But it was a good haunting, you yeah. know? She yeah. She wasn't going to hurt us or anything. No, I mean, yeah. I That's the thing with the, the old homes. They have excellent bones, nice, strong character. But I do think about, like, the... The, the people who were there before mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 interesting and then the materials they use the yeah. chestnut wall you know, well that wainscoting it, and you can't duplicate that today the cove molding huge cold molding molding and mm. then the quarter sun oak floors yeah um, parquet to build something like that now forget it you can't and you know it's interesting too when people like they cover it over right so like yeah. sometimes when you're you strip away a floor and you say wow this was underneath who had mm-hmm. who knew yeah yeah we just found some fur beautiful beautiful old fur floors when we pulled up all wow. the carpet on this house on Ridge Ave so wow. we got them all sanded by Mr. Wendling <laughs> he wow. came right over and uh, we prepped it for him and he sanded them all down all right, so how do you know when it's time? And you mentioned a, a time frame just now, but how do you know when it's time to move on from a new property? You know, I think it just happens. Mm. We were looking for a friend, mm-hmm. okay, who was coming to the area, and he passed on this one on yeah. the lake. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we'll keep looking for you. But my husband this yeah. time, Kevin, uh-huh. said, wait a minute. <laughs> if Warren doesn't want it. Yeah. Why don't we take a look at yeah. it? I said, are you serious? Yeah. This would be number seven, and we're old now. So <laughs> oh. he's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So we go over there, and I think we had $1,000 because we had just done our whole roof over on the other place. Yeah. But they took our offer, yeah. and it was contingent on the sale of our other house, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And a contingency offer is kind of weak. Yeah. Especially in this market. Yeah. Um, but he liked us, I guess, and he said, okay, and... Um, when the house didn't sell the other one, we just went to a bank and they were nice enough to give yeah. us a loan and we bought this other one now. All right. So you, um, it's Lake Living. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure it's a different experience from Pomeroy. Totally. <laughs> this is wild out here. Yeah. Fourth of July was wild. <laughs> they had a boat parade out there in the water and fireworks and everybody's walking their dogs and, yeah you know we got rabbits all over the place and it's, it's something else out there <laughs> where like i have seen some things <laughs> <laughs> it's cool i like nice it. nice yeah. all right so i have to ask the magic question do you think this will be your forever home 
I'm too tired. <laughs> I said that last time, though. Yeah. I, I think I'm too tired to even think of moving again. Yeah. But you never know. You never know. You never know. Don't tell my husband that. He'll he'll have a heart attack. He's like, we are done. Yeah. <laughs> moving is an endeavor in and of itself. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's right. a lot of work. A ton of work. Yeah. Oh. Well, um, definitely wish you luck with the uh, these projects. Um, it's interesting. You should probably start a blog or something with all the work that you've been doing. <laughs> I'm thinking. Do you know what our day entails when we have a day off, which is a joke? You start by getting rags on, uh-huh. and you start getting all your brushes together, yeah. and then you start painting after you've scraped. Yeah. And this one in particular has these funky little shingles because it's like a bungalow with yeah. all these little shingles. And they're frail. They're mm. cedar, but they're frail. So you got to be careful. And so you scrape, you yeah. power wash, you let everything dry. You put your oil-based primer on first, and then you get your latex primer, or in your latex top coat, I mean. And um, you just go to town. Well, I'm serious, Mary. I mean, I I know that you, you know, your ha- your hands are full. I mean, you're still working. You're still a nurse. Mm-hmm. You're still doing these projects. But you could, like, do a master class on home restoration. See, I put it out there. Well, my husband definitely, he, he's got all the lingo. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's catching me using the wrong stuff sometimes on the walls. And, you know, he's like, wait a minute, what are you doing? Yeah. But so he's the foreman we call him. <laughs> but he gets tired too, and he starts right. forgetting. But um, right. yeah, I think we could try to do something I like that. I feel like there's a lot of folks who, like I will say, like during the um, the pan, like the height of the pandemic when we were all stuck at home. One of the things I tried to uh, get into was just restoring like pieces of furniture. Right. So um, I I got a sander, and oh. you know I fancied myself some like you know novice you know mm-hmm. uh, carpenter or whatever. Um, but I you know I I got a sander and I had I, I, I started to learn like primer and paints and different things and you know I restored like um, a piece of furniture that now you know actually two that now you know they sit in my home but I mm-hmm. found it to be really common yeah. I mean it's just you and the, the furniture and then you're able to like look at your work this is so right? funny you're saying that because my grandma mm-hmm. from Virginia she taught us how to do that. Mm. And she was a big antique lover. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where it all started. Perhaps. There's always like a root somewhere. Like if you think back, you know, you can think about someone who started, who like planted that seed, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, there are folks like myself who, you know, I am, I'm, I'm a beginner at this, but I'd love to find out like the do's and the don'ts. And, mm. you know, if you want to, you know, take it to the next level, what? what you can do so you got to have your people to you know, sub out to remember mm, something like this your, your go-to people yeah and right now it's tough because they're having trouble getting supplies and things it's a tough market <laughs> it is but don't think you can do it all yourself is yeah what i'm saying yeah well see i'm not trying to buy a house mary and trying to turn <laughs> i'm talking about getting a little nightstand all right yeah. <laughs> i think you're, you're safe that yeah way. i i think it's it's you know learning the art of different um different techniques and things like that definitely i, I probably would have to watch some more hd tv to mm. you know yeah. to, to take it to the level of mary <laughs> and kevin mcginnis right all right so the home stuff is, is, is working well i want to switch to sort of like the professional stuff right now and in 2013 you did something really cool which i think it sounds really cool it was like the workplace campaign executive almost seems like trade in spaces just the professional version mm. you yep. were um you were at berkshire united way and i think you were working there on behalf of bhs mm-hmm. was it like a trade in spaces kind of thing what was that like? right um 
I think they still do it over yeah. there. Um, a lot of the different mm-hmm. businesses donate a person for three months or so to help wow. with the campaign. Wow. And Berkshire Health Systems used me, and I went over there just about full time. Yeah. To help them with the campaign. So interesting. And it was real interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Going around oh and, my uh, gosh. to all the different businesses. Yeah. And, and um, people have campaigns all over the place yeah. for the United Way. I know, yeah. I mean, that I, I thought it was really cool. I was like, wow, they just loan her out. <laughs> all right, Mary, you're going over there. See you in three months. Bye. You're better off not knowing. <laughs> just go. Find out later. How cool. Well, I want to get to this part because later that year in 2013, you officially became one of my predecessors um, when you <laughs> assumed the role of Director of right. Administrative Services um, under the previous mayoral administration. Um, and you were able to take a leave of absence from BHS to do this work. So I got to ask, you're a step in, I mean, you're in the art world, you're in the the medical profession, and then you step into politics. Mary, what gives? Let me tell you, that was a shocker because (laughs) you're suctioning tracheostomies one minute and then you're in the mayor's office. Uh And um, I think if I didn't have people to turn to, Uh because that's my strong point, tapping resources. Yeah. Not trying to do it yourself, mm-hmm. but any kid who walked in that door yeah. that was on a college break or something, <laughs> sit down. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. they were awesome, mm-hmm. every one of them. Yeah. Jessica Russo helped us with the Shannon Grant. Yeah. I mean, the Shannon Grant. Yes. I mean, Excel spreadsheets, all these things yes. that nurses are not using, yes. you know, and not doing. But I was able to find out what people's strong points were mm-hmm. and turn to them. Yeah. And nobody turned me down. People yes. were awesome. Yes. That I mean, and, you know, I guess that speaks to, you know, your 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 unique style and basically how you did the work during your tenure. I think, you know, being in the role, too, I feel like everyone brings their unique perspective to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that PIO, that's a that's public information officer for folks who may not know that falls underneath this yep. role. I, I can say for myself, that is what I lean more toward. Mm-hmm. So yep. there, you know, there's a special projects and initiatives, um, which I do too, but I, I, my, my, that's sort of like my strong suit. What would you say were some of the highlights for you that you're most proud of during your tenure? Let's see. The senior tax work off program. Yes, which still lives on. <laughs> we just matched our seniors this year. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Well, I didn't even know what the heck she was talking about yeah. when they asked us to get that going. But yeah. we got a hold of the city of Marlboro. Yeah. And they just sent us over a copy of what they do. Yeah. And we kind of plugged in Pittsfield and our needs. And it worked. Mm-hmm. It worked. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great program. I mean, the seniors actually look forward to it because it gives them that abatement. Yep. You know, yep. and, you know, when you're a senior, you're on a fixed, you know, income, so every little bit helps. Absolutely. Yeah. The Affirmative Action Advisory Committee, mm-hmm. Jeff Hunt, and mm. all the different people that were on that. I mean, that was just awesome. I yeah. mean, we were able to look at everything uh, with with no bias, just mm. look at everything and say, how can we get things more diverse? Yeah. How can we let everybody have a chance to get right. a job? You yes. Know? Well, you know what? You have a unique vantage point because you've been on the inside and you see how the pendulum has swung to where now we have an office, an office of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I love it. Could you ever imagine no. that? That's awesome. That <laughs> Isn't is it? so awesome. Yeah. I remember talking to Judy Williamson and Shirley Edgerton and mm-hmm. all these people. And and we were really starting from scratch, yeah. you know, and 
you know, I'm so excited that things have moved in the right direction that way. Yes, know? yes. We yeah. can't all be related working together. It's yeah, just not fair. It's you know <laughs> what? It's I. It's it's a wonderful thing. I mean, it's a it's something that I I know the people um, in our community have wanted for a long time, and I think just as how every there's you just build upon the work, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't stop at the Office of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion. You continue to build on that so right. that there is a next iteration whatever that looks like, so that the work continues to live on. And I think that's a part of our responsibility, right? Absolutely. To make those contributions that help to shore up the foundation. Right. Um, you mentioned that you had um, there were fo- you know people who you worked with that they went on to launch their careers. Like, so yep. would you say that this was sort of like a launching pad of sorts? I mean, everybody walked in that door. Yeah, had a future afterwards yeah. as long as they helped us out, mm. and we always gave them a great referral. Yeah, and um, they knew they were helping too. I mm. mean, there's a great feeling of contributing mm. to yeah. the community. Yep. You know, you can stay in your little cocoon if you want to. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other level of being a part of what's happening in your area. Right. And to watch the farmer's market get going with Jess and all the different people that were doing that. Right. It, it was um, exciting. It was right. exciting. Exhausting. Yeah. And um, you've had so many different unrelated things going on at the same yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see you with your phone, but I, here I had papers everywhere. I told Mary, <laughs> I have the phone, but I still use paper. I still use a checklist. I like to write things down. Yeah. And scratch them off. <laughs> I do. I, because, you know, I think, you know, I love the phone, but I, I need to actually, like, I'm tactile. Like, I need to, like, write it. I need to touch it. I need to see it. I need to cross it off. It gives that feeling of accomplishment. But I also need to see at a glance because mm-hmm. there's so much you know in this role, in that role. There's mm-hmm. so much going on. And yeah. you're literally, you have multiple things happening at once. You need to actually have a way to stay centered and focused. Right. Right. So right. paper helps, mm-hmm. you know. Um, all right. So, yeah, you had a lot going on and you still had your Mary's carrot cake. I I don't even know what to make of this. Right. So we got home restorations. We have bed and breakfast. We have gallery <laughs> space and, you know, we have stints in politics. I mean, I need a diagnosis. And, and, and you're making cake. So tell me about Mary's carrot cake, right? Um, well, that started well over 30 years wow. ago. Um, mm-hmm. A bunch of us were working in the critical care step down unit, and it was pretty tough up there. You know, um, we had a lot of sad things going on mm. with people that were trying to get better, and it was struggling. And one of the pulmonologists said, Hey, let's have a cake contest. Mm hmm. So all of us would bring in a cake every week, and we'd have to make it from scratch mm-hmm. and share the ingredients. And um, I says, all right, I'll tackle carrot cake. And so Dr. Cordone and Dr. Ringler, all these different doctors are giving their two cents about putting more cinnamon in mm-hmm. and nutmeg. And I finally got a 27-ingredient cake yeah. that was really good. Yes. <laughs> I must say, so Mary, my Aunt Daphne, one of her things was carrot cake. <laughs> and no one could top my Aunt Daphne's carrot cake, right? <laughs> And then I tasted yours, and I said, oh, 
coming up close. I like Mary's carrot cake too. <laughs> so now I have two favorites, right? Um, Did my she und- use maple syrup? You and- know what? I don't know what I'm Daphne put in it. I mean, she has since passed away, but she used to write her recipes on index cards that are stained, right? And she would tuck them into her Betty Crocker or whatever cookbook with pages that are falling out, right? Um, And so I I have actually, I was able to get her cookbook with her stained, oil-stained index cards, right? Um, And I don't know what she put in there. I mean, we were kids when she would make the batter and we would lick the batter, Mm -hmm. right? And all of that. But it was so good. Yeah. But I said, Mary's carrot cake. I said, every time I eat it, it reminds me of my undaphne's carrot cake. It's because of those doctors. They kept telling me, you got to do this, mm-hmm. you got to add that. So we just kept adding ingredients yes. and the best of everything. It's so delicious. And it's obscene. No one would do this. So hmm. <laughs> finally, hmm. I turned 50 and I said, I need a store. Yeah. I got to do that before I get too old. (laughs) So I was lucky enough to do it for 10 years, and we put clothes in there. We did everything right across from Barrington Stage. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That shop, I remember. Oh, I had the privilege of going into that little shop. You could get your cake and buy clothes. (laughs) (laughs) That was crazy. Yes. But... Did we have fun? Oh, it was great. Oh, my gosh. That was such a cute little store. Yeah. yeah. We had the clothes too close to the sprinklers. And, you know, Uh, we we really, we went crazy. But you know what? That's okay. Those are things to remember. I remember it. And um, cherish because there comes a time after 10 years where you're like, okay, I cannot do this anymore. Right. And uh, the hospital is getting very busy. Um, Mm. The hospital right now has been very busy. Um, yeah. Addiction is what I'm into, you know. Right. The You're at McGee, unit. right? I'm at the McGee unit, right? Mm. Eight, eight years now. Mm. So, yeah, you see some things. I do, I mm. do, and um, you have to have compassion. Mm-hmm. You can't judge. Right. It, it could be you tomorrow if well, you that... get in a car accident or something and need Percocets, and you know, I'm telling you, it's not as far away as people think. And, right. Um, it's family members you love. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of variables that mm. happen with addiction. And mm. it, it, it's just um, some people can escape it and right. other people just get sucked into it. But I the biggest those, thing, our job is to let people know there's resources right. out there to help. Wise words. You're right. It's, you know, I think it's it's leaving that judgment at the doorstep mm-hmm. and, and, and having that compassion and knowing, you know, that, you know, it could be you, could be your family, could mm-hmm. be your friends. And um, and just because it doesn't necessarily affect you personally doesn't mean that you um, don't have to still have, you know, not have empathy, right, for, right. for those who are going through it. Because it's a horrible, horrible mm-hmm. thing. Yep. And it changes the dynamics of not only the individuals, their quality of life, but the people who love them. That's right. It's a family disease. Yeah, because everyone goes through it. It's That's not right. just the person, you yep. know. Um, So, you know, that, again, meaningful work. And Mm -hmm. I could see how your heart just continues to expand. Um, You have a lot going for you, Mary. You have done so much. You You have contributed so much to our community, um, to our county. Um, So thank you so much for everything you have done. Thank you for everything that you are doing. And I got to ask, because, you know, beyond the renovation work, which, you know, you love, what are other things that you love to do that you find to do in your downtime? Is there even such a thing? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, let me think. You know what? Walking the dog is really cool right. if she behaves. Okay. I'm going to tell you, animals are such therapy. Mm. They really are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seeing other people's animals, too. Okay. You know, I don't know if you have a dog or a cat. We used to. I had a cat. Warren had a dog, but they've since passed on. So we have yeah. it. We Now we have fish. All right. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's yeah. a commitment. It's a huge commitment. It is. And uh, we're going to go to the Cape for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I got the dog, of yeah. course, because you can't bring the dog into the restaurant. No. And she, uh, she's on meds right now mm-hmm. to calm her down a little. But you, uh, you can't really leave her too much in no. the vets. They don't want her. Yeah. <laughs> she's been uh, mm. removed from going to the vets for the day mm. because of her anxiety. Mm. But. There's so much good about her mm-hmm. that you just bring her with you. Right. And um, she just loves to swim. Mm-hmm. So we'll go to Nickerson Park mm-hmm. out there and let her swim in the lakes. She tries to eat the sand, so we can't take her to the beaches too yeah. much. Yeah. But yeah, this, this dog is special. Special needs, I'd say. Yeah. But you, she's yeah. great. I guess each, you know, each pet, they bring their own special something. And when you're the owner, you have that bond. I I didn't grow up with pets um, because where we lived at the time, we couldn't have them, right? Mm, yeah. But... Um, you know, I had a cat when I was, you know, living by myself mm-hmm. and my cat was a rescue. Oh, and definitely yeah. it's uh, it, it, it it's an experience that had I not gone through it, I would never know that bond. Yeah. It's definitely a bond when you become a, a, a pet owner. And Warren had Zana, his dog. And, oh. and so when we got married, they became my brother and sister. <laughs> it was like Zana yeah. and Mousie. Yeah. Um, and they have their personalities. Yeah. They have. And you really don't realize this if you're not a pet owner. You don't no. you don't even understand this whole dynamic. You think, what are you talking about? No. But they, they have all of that, and they do bring you joy. They sure do, and yeah. that's what life's all about, mm-hmm. sharing joy mm-hmm. and, and giving joy. And um, money's important, too, but, mm-hmm. but joy is your number one word. A- absolutely. It's the, it's the little things. You're absolutely right because, you know, the money can come and go, right? Mm-hmm. And so if your money is tied into your happiness, mm-hmm. then your happiness is relative, yeah. right? So yeah. you got to find something, you know, that anchors you. Mm-hmm. Um got to ask you, would you ever consider opening up a gallery again? An art gallery? Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, um, I don't have to. I just went over oh. to the clock tower, oh. uh-huh. and Eileen Richard over there has recruited, I mean, she's amazing. She's recruited like six different artists yeah. over there on the third floor. Uh-huh. Um, there are so many pop-ups going on. Mm. Um, I I love it. I yeah. can go to Arts Walk and yeah. see all the different people I remember 13 years ago. And stuff, right. And now they're all sprung up like a garden. Mm. And so, I mean, if I had time, sure. Yeah. I'd sit there and show art and, and um, have openings. Right. It's really great. Right. But there's a lot of different places now to show art. Mm. And so there isn't that huge need like there used to be. Right. Mm. Okay. Um. Yeah, I guess that, you know, in thinking about, like, just, like, the fruits of First Friday's Arts Walk, right? I mean, what we see today, like you said, it's that, like, the garden has bloomed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look downtown, I mean, you have the paint boxes. Right. We have the, pop, the murals. Yep. I mean, my goodness, like, mm-hmm. art abounds 
it just yeah. like so I feel like we're now becoming synonymous with this art scene and um and I feel like there's more to come and we have Jesse Tobin McCauley just did that mural for That's Welcome awesome. to Pittsfield. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how important it is to have an office of cultural development in your city. Huge. I don't know if people know how important that is that mm-hmm. there's a budget for that mm-hmm. and that the city takes it seriously but that is huge. Yeah. That brings people from all over. Well, it's the acknowledgement, Mary, of that because think about it. Like, remember there was a time in schools when budgets were, um, they had to trim budgets. Yep. The first thing yep. to go, art and music. Right. right? And um, and they would think these are not essential. But having gone through when I was, you know, in elementary school, I was in public school, and part of that, you had art, you had music. And you know, it's part and parcel mm-hmm. of your education because it it's, it strikes something in your brain. That's right. Right? And so yeah. it allows you to, this, it allows you to think creatively. Yeah. And everybody isn't just math, right. science. There's a whole bunch of other people that have that right brain going. Exactly. And if you don't nurture that. That's me. The yeah. right brain, right? <laughs> you gotta nurture it. Gotta nurture it. And yeah. thank, you know, I'm just so thankful that we, we, we had, you know, there was an awareness of that and so I think in you know for the city of Pittsfield there is that acknowledgement that this is important that we need to fund Mm -hmm. this office we need to provide it with supports Uh, I mean we got a lot of exciting things happening we have the Berkshire Flyer coming through the city of Pittsfield exciting yeah so yeah, nice yeah. Work. yeah, this this Friday, <laughs> this Friday rolling Yay, through. I'm yeah, so excited. Yeah, yeah. So all right. So I I just I want to I want to circle back to the carrot cake because if people want a Mary's carrot cake, they're out of luck. What? Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. The carrot cake is all okay. finished. What's so, going on? No, at the moment, uh huh. Um, I am in transition, moving. So mm-hmm. we wouldn't dare bake and get our okay. kitchen certified right now okay. where I am at okay. the house. And that's how I do it. I have a licensed kitchen yes. at the mm-hmm. house from the mm-hmm. city of Pittsfield. Um, when that is done, mm-hmm. then I probably will start up again. But it's all up in the air yeah. after 30 some odd years. Mm-hmm. But if anybody wants a recipe. <laughs> Wait, Mary, you're not going to give out your recipe. Well, you shouldn't do that. I want everybody to have their cake and eat it, too. I get it. But, Mary, <laughs> but you got to think about this. I mean, you have built your business. I mean, I don't know about that. It's Mary. about spreading joy. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't. I mm. dare anybody to do what I did. Okay. Mm. Because. 27 ingredients. Mm -hmm. Have you been to the grocery store lately? Mm. Do you know how much all those ingredients cost? Mm. So you're you're giving people cake Mm -hmm. is what you're doing. Mm. You're you're having people, um, Mm. you know, uh, you're selling cake and you're you're actually giving it to them, basically. Unless they want to pay $100 for a cake. Yeah. Um, Mm. So at this point, if they want to spend the money, Mm -hmm. absolutely go for it. And buy all those ingredients and, and... Take the time to shred all those carrots. You know, we'll play yeah. it by ear. Right mm. now, we're focusing on house restoration. Okay. And there's lots of bakers out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I know Mary's carrot cake, so, you know, that's know. where my heart is. I mean, I recall going to Pomeroy and getting a frozen cake. Yeah. I forgot what it was for. <laughs> I don't even remember now, but Warren was like, oh, we got to get a Mary's carrot cake. Oh, like, it becomes, it. it's like just part of your lingo. We got to get a Mary's carrot cake, right? So, I mean, yeah, you're, it's just legendary. You know what's really true? Yeah. I enjoy giving those cakes away as gifts more than I do trying to sell mm-hmm. them. I just, it, it makes people happy. Oh, 
and, such a and big heart, a cake, Mary. a cake. That's I what know. we're talking about here. I no, know. No one's going to get rich. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Oh, you have a big heart, Mary. I, I have to ask you, who or what inspires you? Obviously, you have such a philanthropic spirit about you and i feel like you know i've you know maybe you had some influences growing up but Mm. what what you know who or what helped you to be the person you are today gee that's a tough one uh i had a grandma that was awesome Mm -hmm. my grandma was the best Mm. she treated us all individually and there was eight of us Mm. and um she taught us to share Mm -hmm. you know and to love and to always bake, she had baked goods all the time for us. Mm. And I think that early, early, yeah. you know, uh, was she Italian? No, no, she was from Virginia. She was blue blood, uh, the Blairs of Virginia. Really, I had to hear about um, Pocahontas as our relative somehow. <laughs> With John Rolfe, I mean, it goes way back to Jamestown. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Grandma yeah. Janie Blair, yeah. her name was, and um, she was the best. She was just the best thing in the world for us. And mm. she was spiritual. She wasn't super religious, yeah. but she was very spiritual and kind. Yeah. She was a good person. Mm. Okay. So, um, that's fascinating to me because... One, I didn't know that you had roots going back way back because I'm thinking, all right, Baltimore, you're born in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You just you just buried the whole lead, Mary. <laughs> I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, as someone who did their ancestry DNA, I'm fascinated by all of that. Um, wow. Have you have you done that? Have you tried? I've been your- wanting to for so long. Yeah. Now. My brother uh, is in Utah and he's yeah. Mormon. Oh. And he did a lot of study. Okay. But I don't think the DNA part. You oh, know, he, okay. he just did the genealogy. Yeah. You know, and um, we know who everybody's related to. And, really? And um, that kind of thing. We have the family tree going. So you know who's who. And you have. Mm-hmm. So, and does everyone have a copy of yep. this? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He was really into that. That's great. But the DNA part would be very interesting. Yeah. The DNA, it's an interesting thing. It has allowed me to. Um, to get some insights on things and mm-hmm. I want to dig deeper um, and I feel like it's almost like the rabbit hole because mm-hmm. once you start like you know you can put your family tree together on ancestry and then yep. you can st- and then you're like okay who's who very fascinating um, for me I'd have to go back I have to access records in Jamaica yep so yep. <laughs> um, but I'm thankful that they have they have like there's a wealth of information now, and everyone's doing it I mean you know, it's yeah. so popular now. Right. So popular. All right. So, you know, Mary, I, I I have spoken about tons of things, but did I, are there things that you just want Pittsfielders to know? If there's one thing that you're like, what's that one thing that, you know, maybe Pittsfielders today don't recognize or realize, what would that be? Well, all I can say is the amount of volunteers yeah. in this city. Mm-hmm are phenomenal. Mm. I don't know if people realize that, mm. but there's so many different categories. You, you look at all the people working on the flowers yeah. in downtown. Yeah, shout out to Pittsfield Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there are so many good people here. Yeah. The parade. Mm-hmm. Pittsfield Parade <laughs> Committee. 
Yep. Do you know how much work that is? Tons of work. I wasn't, you know, I mean, I, I could just, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't a part of it, but, you know, I saw the amount of volunteers, the months and months mm-hmm. of work. I mean, these people are dedicated. Yeah. Dedicated. And they're not asking for anything. No. Yeah. And, and, and you don't see that everywhere. No. You know, and so... The, the thing I noticed when I was in the mayor's office was there are so many giving people mm. in this community. Mm. And, yeah, you can open up newspapers and, mm-hmm. and listen to negativity. And there are things that are not happy going on, too. Mm-hmm. But I think the good stuff outweighs the bad stuff mm. like 100%. Agreed. Know? I really do. Agreed. And you have to look at that if you want to stay positive. Agreed. I, wise words. And, and then if you want to look at some of the architecture in downtown Pittsfield and the restorations going on and the people that have invested, I mean, Milltown Capital, mm-hmm. they didn't have to pick Pittsfield. Mm-hmm. All these people that are putting money into the community. Right. And George Whaling was one of the forerunners, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, God bless them, yeah. you know. That's yeah. great. Yes, a lot happening, and you know, it's Pittsfield is a beautiful city, and <clears throat> I always, you know, tell folks, you know, it's just about your perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes for people to truly appreciate their surroundings, they sometimes have to leave, and mm-hmm. then come back and realize yes. that yeah. it's maybe not what you thought it was. You know, it's it's better, right? Yeah. It's so much better, right? And but you know, I think sometimes people, some people have to. They have to do that. They have to leave. They have to come back and say, wow, I so appreciate my mm-hmm. city. You know, yeah. you don't find anywhere where, I mean, the level of collaboration here mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Yeah. I think leadership is important, too. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a positive attitude. Yep. You can't fight with people. Right. You know, <laughs> there's there's somebody complaining every right. time you turn around. Absolutely. You have to be able to, um, you know, we just, we, we had a visit from the, the mayor of uh, Balina, who mm-hmm. stopped into the mayor's office this whole, you know, the Irish yeah. Sister City and yeah. Sister Cities Commission. They had a reception. And um, one of the things that, you know, I mentioned to him, I said, you know, you can't trace, you can't follow after every negative comment. You right. know, you can't yeah. because you'll you'll wade into the abyss. You get sucked into You'll it. be yeah. sucked in and all the life will be drained out of you. So mm-hmm. you have to be strategic and thoughtful about how you respond and what you put forth forth as um as your message well put so Mm -hmm. you know that's 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 what we always have in our in our minds in the mayor's office and um the art of diplomacy that's right you guys have it the art of diplomacy rules (laughs) 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 all right mary i want to ask you if there's one if you had to choose one word to describe you what would that be (laughs) (laughs) oh you got me good you got me good (laughs) Spread joy. Joy is the word. All right. Joy. All right. All right. I think that's perfect. Well, thank you, Mary, um, for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. And folks, you've been listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch-Dews of the Mayor's Office in the City of Pittsville. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day. 